0: The following is a pre-recorded program.
1: I want to help you get emotionally healthy today.
2: It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator Dr. Michael Brown, your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown.
1: Hey friends, welcome to The Line of Fire, Michael Brown. I've got a special teaching I want to share with you today, opening up the scriptures. I have preached thousands of messages, taught thousands of classes, done, I guess, thousands of radio shows by now. It's, It's a whole lot. Yeah, it is thousands by now. I don't know that I've ever broken down this subject in this way, or even focused on this particular subject this way until today. So I'm not gonna take any calls, but I trust this is gonna bless you and help you as as we finish up our month with the emphasis on let's get healthy. First and foremost, our relationship with God. Everything flows from that. First and foremost, our spiritual well-being. Secondly, our emotional and mental health. I'm not talking about things that are out of our control. I'm talking about things that are within our control. And then physical health, bodily health. We've talked a lot about that this month. Healthy nutrition, healthy lifestyle, things that you can do to enhance your life. We've talked about those things in our Let's Get Healthy thrust this month while we've continued to address biblical issues and theological issues and cultural issues. Today, I want to talk about emotional well-being. If we divide the human being into spirit, soul, body, which is one, Biblical way of dividing things. First Thessalonians 5:23, where Paul prays for the complete sanctification of a spirit, soul, and body. So the soul would be the realm of the emotions, the realm of human consciousness, the 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 realm of, of our of our will, uh, or or the interfacing of our spiritual being with our mental being. This is this is what we're talking about today, and. When we talk about emotional health, uh, there's, there's a lot of stress on people today. Many people are really not emotionally healthy. And as always, I don't say this to criticize or to condemn. I'm not speaking as a clinical psychologist or as a professional counselor. I'm not, I'm not speaking to someone here. You're clinically depressed, and now I'm just trying to add to your depression. I'm speaking broadly in general as a gospel minister, All right, I'm a radio host, second to being a gospel minister, first. And everything I say flows out of that. There is a lot of unhealth emotionally in the body today. I'm speaking of the body of Christ. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with God, what I say today will help a little, but not a lot because everything I'm saying goes back to having a healthy relationship with God. Everything flows out of that. The foundation of my whole life flows out of that. So I can be of some help, but the great help I could do is to point you to Jesus, to be in right relationship with God, to have your sins forgiven, to be at peace in heart and mind and soul, to be able to respond with love and grace towards others, to have God's hope and faith inside of you. But for those of you who do know the Lord, the fact is, there is a lot of emotional unhealth, even within the church. There are things available to us by grace, available to us through what Jesus did, available to us by the Word and the Spirit. But many times we don't take advantage of those things. So, so, what are some of the keys to being emotionally healthy? What are some of the symptoms of being unhealthy? I saw an article, I haven't been able to dig into the, the research uh, but it said that there's there's a lot of, of suicide, uh, depression uh, among older white adults. And one reason that the, the primary reason or a main thing that the survey found was lack of religion. People putting aside religious faith or losing religious faith, it, for many it doesn't end well. So for us as people of faith, I, I want to share three words with you as I was praying about this and, and seeking to, to um lay out my thoughts more clearly for the show, it just jumped on me. It jumped on me. That there's three categories. It's yes, yes, yes. Put it all in these three categories. The words are peace and love and joy. Peace, love, joy. Now here's what's really interesting. It struck me as a fairly new believer studying the Bible and memorizing scripture that each of these qualities in the Lord the peace that God gives, the love that God gives, the joy that God gives are described in one way or another as indescribable, right? So let me start with Philippians chapter 4, where Paul writes this. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now this key counsel, do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, in prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And, look at this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he describes the peace that God gives us as something that transcends our understanding. Now, we go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And... Look at what Paul writes there. This is his prayer. I'm going to start in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, look at this, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So the the peace of God that God gives transcends our understanding. The love of God that he has for us transcends knowledge, is, is beyond our understanding. And then, as Peter writes in 1 Peter, the first chapter, oh, I'm going to start in verse 3. These are such life-giving words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power, until so the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, he says, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Wow. It's inexpressible and glorious. Joy unspeakable and full of glory in the King James. We used to sing a hymn. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I would sing it, except I don't sing well. But those were the words. So the peace transcends our understanding. The love is beyond knowledge, and and the joy is inexpressible. This is something that God gives us, friends. Now, here, I want to speak to you as a witness, as a living witness. I live in the same world you live in. I have the same problems to face that others have over the years, right? Challenges with, with members of the family, close or distant or financial pressure, or spiritual attack, or someone you love getting sick or dying. Now, some of you have gone through things I can't imagine, to be candid. Some of you are suffering things right now that uh, you can't even articulate anymore. You can't even describe the degree of pressure that you're under, all right? But what I'm saying is I live in the same world. I I face the same demons. We're we're all in the same world. We, We mourn, we grieve. We have questions, we, we have ups and downs in life, we have pressure, we have deadlines, we, we, we have heavy schedules, we have commitments. And I'm telling you in the midst of this, you don't have to be stressed, you don't have to be broken down, you don't have to be fretful, you don't have to be angry. I've been hurt like everybody else. I've been disappointed by people, I've been betrayed. I've been stabbed in the back, same as you, right? I have people that I've had to forgive, same as you. And of course, I've had to go to people and ask forgiveness. But you don't have to walk around with bitterness. You don't have to walk around jaded and cynical and and, and hardened. And and again, I'm not talking to someone who may actually have some chemical imbalance or or some, some actual disease that they're dealing with that is affecting their brain. I'm talking in general to all of us. We don't have to walk around depressed. We don't have to walk around hopeless. We don't have to walk around hanging our head and, and because it's all over, even in the midst of severe loss. So when my closest friends have had severe loss, like the sudden tragic freak accident that takes a child from them or, or someone very, very close to them dying of a terrible disease right, or they themselves suffering terribly in their bodies. So I live in the same world, and I know these same people in the same world, some of them who have suffered massively, and they would tell you what I'm telling you, that even in the worst, most hopeless, difficult, painful situations, there can be God's presence. There can be peace. There can be hope. There can be grace. There can be love. So I don't want to preach at you. I don't wanna shout from the pulpit of my radio mic and, and say, come on, you gotta do better. Now, I'll, I'll do that when it comes to lifestyle choices, like with diet and stuff. It's like, come on, come on, you can do it. You can make these changes. You need to, you need to. But, but what I'm talking about today is I, I wanna come by your side as a friend, all right? As, as an older friend, for most of you, I wanna come by your side and, and, and dig down a little deeper into what makes us tick on the inside. Dig down a little deeper into some of the the attitudes, starting with stress and the the destructive negative power of stress. We're going to start there. We're going to talk about how to get peace in the midst of the storm. And and then we'll talk about the wrong attitudes, destructive attitudes, be it anger or bitterness or things like that. And then we'll talk about the lack of joy and, and see if we can help get you emotionally healthier. See if we can get you to a better place where you're not dependent on on meds to, be, to balance your emotions, where you're not constantly having to go and revisit the past and try to dig things up and get you to a place of, of wholeness. And remember, we're talking about a supernatural God at work in our lives. I, I don't have a lot of self-help techniques. That's not who I am. That's not my gifting. That's not my calling. But I do know the Lord and I do know the word. And, and, and. We're talking about a supernatural God working in our lives. Remember, Jesus comes to heal the brokenhearted. He doesn't just forgive our sins, but he comes to make us whole. And that starts on the inside. All right, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere if we talk about getting
2: emotionally healthy. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us, friends, on The Line of Fire. Are you emotionally healthy? If not, if if, if some things I say
1: strike uh, strike a chord with you, like, yeah, yeah, I need that, or if they hit a nerve, ooh, that, again, it's only to help. That's why we're here, to see you healthy, thriving in the Lord. I want to see you fulfill your calling in God you would be blessed to hear the fruit of this ministry. You would be blessed to hear so many people telling us your words gave me encouragement. Your words gave me hope. Your words caused me to hunger after God. I changed my theology. I'm I'm in a better place with God. It's the word of God that makes the difference. It's the truth of God that makes the difference. And the, the greater the obstacles, the more the opportunities. All right. So let's talk about stress. Even though some of our lives are much easier than previous generations. How about driving a car versus walk, walking or riding a horse? How about flying a plane rather than spending weeks out across the ocean? How about having advanced medical care as opposed to drink some whiskey for anesthesia, bite on this, this piece of wood, and we're going to try to cut this thing out of you? Uh, how about air conditioning? How about refrigeration? I mean, we can go on and on and on. Our methods of communication. The one hand, our lives are a lot easier. On the other hand, on the other hand, uh, the 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 constant bombardment of information. The report By the second, this calamity, this tragedy, the world is ending. This is going to happen. It's going to be a nuclear bomb. It's climate change. It's it's all over. This one just got murdered and raped. This it's a bombardment. And the our, for many of us are constant looking at screens, cell phones, and the information that comes in. That's not brain healthy. And it just seems the pressures of life are increasing, and things are more impersonal. So we get really stressed and it's unhealthy to be stressed. You say, well, now you're adding to my stress. I remember Nancy years back had a physical condition and she couldn't get to the root of it. So see several doctors and they, they began to tell her it's stress, you're stressed. And she said, well, what you're telling me is making me more stressed now. By telling me I'm having this condition because I'm stressed, it's stressing me more. Of course, that doesn't do with stress. It was a potassium deficiency that, when discovered, then uh, her she addressed it physically and things changed dramatically. But stress is is very destructive. And what do you do when you're stressed and you try to unstress? Well, I'll just like empty my mind. Well, look, I know there are practices. People practice yoga and meditation and different things, and that helps with stress. Now, let, let's talk about something that really helps with stress. Let me go back to Philippians chapter 4, all right? Don't be anxious about anything. So what you have to do is start with relationship with God. Start with really knowing the Father. Start with, I'm going to spend more time bathing myself in the truth about God, bathing myself in the Word of God. It could be meditating on Psalm 23 over and again, over and again. You know what? It could be other key passages. It could be the words of Jesus in John 14, words of comfort and peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It could be other promises that God gave to Israel that you can spiritually apply today of his faithfulness, of his covenant-keeping love. It could be meditating on Psalm 103. It could be saying, God, give me a revelation of your love, your goodness. When I know that I'm in right relationship with God, and therefore God is for me, not against me, that is so profound. I I mean, I could rest in that. Mike, did you see? There are 50 new websites with videos, each with 10 million views, all attacking you. If I know God's for me, I just feel bad for the people being misled and I feel bad for the people attacking. But for me, it is well with my soul. So it starts with really making a concerted, determined effort to get to know the God of the Bible better and to get to know the promises of the God of the Bible better. You know, there are these calendars or these, these little flip cards where there's a new scripture promise for each day of the year. And I know sometimes things can be taken out of context or, or oversimplified, but I'll tell you, I was, I was staying at a bed and breakfast while visiting, ministering in Asheville a few years ago. And there was one of those by the bedside in this home. And so I, I just started flipping verses. Now, almost all the verses were familiar to me, but it's like, boom, bow. Whoa. Wonderful. Yes. God, you're good. So I would really encourage you to renew your mind. Don't focus, don't start by focusing on the problem, the issue, my stress. Start by renewing your mind as to who God is. When Jesus says, Don't be anxious, hey, look, the birds, God takes care of them. He look at how the, the beautiful, the beautiful look that he made on the flowers and all of this. That's how he clothes them. He's gonna clothe you. So so start with renewing your mind as to who God is, okay? And and to the love of the Father. My son-in-law, Ryan Bruss, wrote a great book, Living Loved. Just you immerse yourself in that. You, You get yourself full of the reality of the love of God and the goodness of God. And again, if you're in right relationship with him, then he's for you, not against him. If you're in open rebellion, then he's against you, calling you to repent. But his heart is to be for us. Romans 8, Paul asks, if God is for us, who can be against us? So you take time, you do it on a daily basis. You make the effort, you, you, you open your heart, my God, I don't see it. I don't feel it. It's not real to me. I'm reading words on the page, but then I real to him. You talk to him about it. All right. And then with that perspective, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, make your requests known to God and do it with Thanksgiving. So What I will do, especially when I'm having extended times of prayer and I'm really going to be focusing on prayer, I will try to empty myself of every single thing that would stress me out, every single thing that I'm burdened with, every single thing where I'm feeling extreme pressure. All right. And I just list them to the Lord. Lord, I'm concerned about that. What about this? And what's going to happen with this? i got this publishing debt. I don't think I can get this done. I've got to travel here. Lord, I'm stressed about it. Lord, even the travel schedule here, it looks like the connection is going to be tight. Lord, this is going on with, 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 with a friend of ours that have this need. And, and I, I give him everything, and I thank him for his goodness. And when I'm done, I have peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Messiah Jesus. It's It's real. It really, really works. You say, but did you get all the answers? I don't need all the answers. I just need it to give everything over. Do it on a daily basis. Do it on a moment-by-moment basis. God, I just don't know. I, you know, My kid, the way they grow, I think they're going to be really messed up when they get old. God, I don't know what's happening with our job situation. Lord, the pressures in our church. Just give them over and thank him that he's good, and you'll begin to see. I don't even have... A clue of what the answer is, but I'm at peace. I have that sense of peace. It, it is the exact opposite of stress, and it comes out of giving it all over to the Lord. And, and if you do it, you say, well, I didn't get any peace then. I say you didn't really give it over. You still want to hold on to it. Now, I'm talking about, okay, there's nothing I can do about this right now, so I'm going to give it over to God. And I've looked back over the years and been shocked, shocked. It's something that seemed like this mess. Oh, this is so big and giant. This is going to be the end of our ministries. And we never get over this hurdle, and the finances. And and I look back months later, I thought, what was that? It was just, it didn't even seem like a bump in the road. So here's where we start. It's a great way to deal with stress, the peace of God. Ask him, Lord, is your peace supernatural peace? All right. Hey, friends, another reminder in our Let's Get Healthy month. I I am really, really excited about these Trivita supplements I've been using. And that's why we're introducing them to you this month, this let's get healthy month. And, and, and so much of the proceeds that come in are going right back in to get this broadcast across the country. Just think of me, not just sharing this with, with all of you listening now, but to millions more today, think of how much more health would be produced. And I'm a living witness, a living witness a thrill, living witness, to how effective these supplements can be. So check this out, MyoHealth, amazing amino acids, the protein that you need. You work out, you're getting old, you're aging. Anyone here getting older, check this out. I'll be right back.
0: Have you had a setback from an injury, accident, or surgery that left you feeling weaker and a loss of strength? Or are you feeling the effects of aging and just don't feel like you have the stamina or energy you used to? then MyoHealth might be an answer to your prayers. Backed by 24 human clinical studies and over $20 million in government-funded research, MyoHealth contains a perfect balance of all nine essential amino acids. With MyoHealth, you can rebuild your strength, improve your balance and mobility, have more energy while restoring your health and vitality, and start building new lean, stronger muscle in as little as 30 days. By combining MyoHealth with a healthy diet and regular exercise, you can feel stronger at any age, have more energy, and live a life with vitality. Put the power of MyoHealth to work for you. Feel stronger, have better balance, and improved quality of life. Try MyoHealth now by calling 800-811-9628 to learn how you can receive a one-month supply free. Build lean muscle, improve balance, and build stronger bones with MyoHealth. And when you call, TriVita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Go to TriVita.com and use promo code BROWN40 in the shopping cart or call 800-811-9628. That's 800-811-9628.
1: All right, so let me recommend that you call now. Let me tell you why to call. When you call, you can find out about all the special benefits that you're being offered, free books that you'll get as well, special discounts. So when you call, and you may have questions, but if you want to develop lean muscle, something far better according to clinical studies than whey protein, I mean, tens of millions of dollars of studies have gone into this, all kinds of human studies verifying it. Find out about the benefits. If you work out a lot or you got to get this and the nitric oxide, trust me, do it for a month, see what happens. So here's the number to call, 800 800- Let me give that to you again. 800-811-9628. Tell them Dr. Brown sent
2: you. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us today on The Line of Fire as I give you a special teaching and put together in this way for the first time in my life.
1: After preaching since 1973, this is the first time I can recall getting into the subject of emotional health and breaking things down into peace, love, and joy. All right, so we've talked about de-stressing by recognizing the goodness of God, being in right relationship with Him, knowing the love of the Father for us, expressed through Jesus, and with that, making our requests, our burdens, taking them all, giving them over to the Lord, and as a result, receiving his deep supernatural peace. Remember, it transcends understanding. It's like, I don't understand it, but I have peace. You ever had that? It's like, everything seems to be going crazy around me, but I have this profound peace in the midst of it. I can't explain it, but I have it. it's real. And it's not just a feeling. It's God's reality saying, I got this. I got this. So that's that's the first thing. All right. Second thing is there are other bad attitudes that make us emotionally unhealthy. Unforgiveness is a big one. Bitterness, a deep insecurity that makes us unable to trust other people. There are a bunch of things that are that are unhealthy in terms of how we live, how we feel, relationships that that we develop. But but I, I want to focus on a few of them, in in terms of of unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, things that that harden us, things that defile us, things that make us unhealthy. Have you ever been oh, angry? Is it somebody and you're churning on the inside? That's that's not a Healthy state. It's one thing when the Lord burdens us, right? But that there's an unhealthy churning or you walk around with, I can't believe they did that. How could they do that? You just walk around with that all the time. It's it's I mean, picture it like this. You've got a beautiful bottle of of, of pure water just from a fresh spring, and, and you're throwing mud in that, dirt in that, rocks in that. That that's what we're doing to our inner being. That's what we're doing to our soul in in the process. So what we have to do is receive God's love for us in a way that enables us to give it to others. Let, let, me, let me give you a very, very simple analogy, but it's gonna be very material, carnal in that sense, but you'll get the point, all right? Let's just say that you've been with a company for years, right? And over the course of a month, all the people who are less senior to you, who don't walk, work as hard as you, all of them are called in to meet with the president of the company, right? And all of them are given a substantial raise so that every single one of them now makes more than you do. And they just happen to tell you, man, I'm so excited. Have you heard? I just got, wow, I'm blown away. I got this raise. and And with each new one, you're getting more and more angry. You're getting more and more bitter you're wondering about your future in the company. You're, you are, I mean, you're understandably upset. You've been there long, you work harder, you're senior and and they're all getting bonuses and raises and they're going to make more than you. They're newer. They don't work as hard. They're not as loyal. So you got bad attitudes, don't you? You're, you're not happy with them. You like them less than you did before. And you're certainly not happy with the president of the company who you're now judging left and right for his lack of judgment, for his lack of insight, for his lack of generosity to you and on and on and on. Right. You got all these attitudes. And then after everybody, all the 30, 40 other people that work there have been called in, the ones under you, he calls you in and says, hey, I just wanted to save this for last. But I'm offering you the position of vice president of the company and it will triple your salary. But I've watched you for years and you're our hardest worker. You're faithful. You're loyal. I see you're responsible to take the step while well, you do it. Suddenly you love everybody. Suddenly he is so wise. He is so smart. He is so discerning. What a great guy. I always knew I could trust my boss. Now you're happy for all the other people getting raises. All right. Okay. It's, it's a pretty dumb illustration, but you get the point, don't you? Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. When I know I'm blessed, I rejoice with you for being blessed. When, when, when I know the favor of God's on me, I can rejoice with you for the favor of God that's on your life. When, when I know that, that God is going to bless me with his goodness, and then in that sense, my future is bright, then, then those that attack me and oppose me, I feel bad for them. It, it, but if they're prospering and they're succeeding, it's my loss and my hurt. That guy split my church and he took off with all my people and I'm left with nothing. And he hurt me. He, You have no idea how deeply he hurt me. And I will never forgive him for what he did. That was a sin against God and me and the people of God. And then God shows you, actually, the Lord was behind that because that work was really way uh, 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 beneath what God called you to do. God wants you to reach all these millions over here. And have a ministry that was 10 times more effective so that was all for the people's good and for your good suddenly your perspective changes and you call this person and say although i'm so sorry i spoke badly of you i judged you in my heart please forgive me and and i just want to send a video blessing the people right everything changes in your perspective oh friend it's so real it is so real so when when you know the love of god let's go deeper How much has he forgiven you? How deeply has he forgiven you? How how comprehensively has he forgiven you? How often does he bring up your past to you? What about the sins that nobody knows about, except you and God? Did he forgive those too? What about the worst thoughts you ever thought? Did he forgive those? What about those shameful acts that if if we, we put them on a screen right now, you'd run out of the room? Or those shameful thoughts that maybe you just thought yesterday, well, what about, what about those? Did he forgive those? How deeply, how comprehensively? And, and, and when you come to, to pray, Lord, I'm so sorry. I blew it again. I was just mean to my, to my wife or to my husband, I was short with the kids. God, I just, you know, this at work, I just nasty to people. Lord, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. He doesn't say, well, let me think about it for a while. Cause that, that's, I'm really disappointed in you. No, when you come sincerely repenting asking for forgiveness he, he does. He forgives us in a salvific way, once for all at the cross, and then a relational way, in an ongoing way. That's how he does it. Uh, I, I will not explain this the way Nancy does. So uh, I want to say that she would do a much better job of saying it than I did. But but years back, during a time where she was spending every waking hour of the day and night, literally seeking God in prayer and, and the word, I'm, I'm literally... Telling you, if, if she wasn't brushing her teeth or having a meal or something, she was she was on her knees. She was sitting. She was reading the word and praying hour by hour by hour. In the midst of this, an old friend that we had been separated from, an old friend of the family that we felt had really sinned against us, reached out to her. Hey, I'm going to be in your neighborhood. They hadn't seen each other for seven years. I'm going to be in your neighborhood and I'd love to see you. And she's like, hey, I'm, I don't, I don't want to see you. I forgave you. But I'm good. I don't want to see you. And then God began to deal with her. Well, how did I forgive you? Look up the word forgiveness. How did I forgive you? Again, I'm not explaining it nearly as powerfully as Nancy would. But God absolutely, amazingly did something in her heart with a profound love for this old friend. And when they met, not a word came up about the past. But later that day, her husband called another old friend and and said, and said, what did your wife do to my wife? She, all she can do is cry. She can't even talk. She's just crying. Well, they never brought up a word about the past, but Nancy was so full of the love of God, it just touched her, just touched her. I have found there is such profound beauty and release in forgiving from the heart. There are people who have, have done me harm in certain ways over the years, and when I've gotten before the Lord, I've genuinely prayed for God's best for them because I know God's with me and I know his hand is on my life and ultimately all will be well. And I pray for God's best for them. There are people who have whole websites attacking me or multiple videos attacking me, brothers in the Lord. I pray for them. I get on my knees and I pray for for God's blessing and God's best on their lives. And, and then wherever they have a blind spot or are missing something, show them wherever they're on track reaffirm that and then i pray the exact same thing for me that where i have a blind spot the same thing um, because we're 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 all just little human beings in the presence of a perfect holy god forgive as you have been forgiven i, I want to read the words of jesus to you the these are holy words of our savior all right and and, and let them penetrate let, let them go deep into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit, so that you're enriched by them. We're going to be reading from from Luke 6, beginning in verse 27. But you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat do not withhold your shirt for them, Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Oh, that's the calling. That's the standard. That's the guideline. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So you bathe yourself in those spiritual realities. You say, God, God. I'm saying with my mind, my heart's struggling, but I forgive this one. And you humble yourself and you get forgiven. So being reconciled removes a lot of stress, removes a lot of pressure. And then with that, with the love of God in you, you're going to have more self-control. I used to have a horrific temper before I was saved. Then I battled it as a new believer. I mean, a vicious, ugly, horrific temper. I was known for it. And, and, over the years, spending time before God, I, I would daily, for years, meditate on First Corinthians 13 and pray those words of myself, the words of, of love. Someone just the other, I mean, I hear this all the time, Dr. Brown, you're so gracious, Dr. Brown, you're so gracious. Trust, trust me, trust me, trust me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart and my life. That's the grace of God at work. So we, we get rid of the bitterness, we get rid of the anger. We, we get rid of the... The unforgiveness. We get rid of that constant uh, fighting, 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 fighting. And peace comes in, love comes in. Isn't this fruit of the Spirit, right? As we commune with God and the Holy Spirit works in our lives, love, peace, joy. Aren't these fundamental aspects of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? Absolutely. Friend, you can be far more emotionally healthy than you've ever been if you put these simple biblical practices. Into your life. All right, we come back talking about joy.
2: It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866 34 Truth. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. What's written in Psalm 16? In your presence is fullness of joy.
1: What's written in Nehemiah 8? The joy of the Lord. Is your strength and, and something about joy it, it struck me uh, some years ago? That one of the fundamental things that happens to us when the joy of the Lord floods our hearts is this realization: everything's gonna be all right, even if we face calamity, hardship, have to go through dark days. Everything is going to be all right. It is that realization. Eternally, you're going to be with the Lord. Everything is going to be all right. It is that realization that comes with the release and, and triggers that release of profound joy. You know, it's, it's it's like a mother with a child and the child's crying and nobody likes me. Nobody wants to play with me. And, and that 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 mom knows she went through it with her other kids the same way and they all turned out great with plenty of friends. And she says, hey, look, Think of Tommy. Think, think of, think of Annie. Think, think of, think of James. Come on, look at all the friends they have. It's going to be the exact same thing. In fact, they cried in my arms too when they were younger, and they said the same thing. Look at all the friends they have. And suddenly, the kids feeling better because there's there's that hope. It's that lack of hope that triggers a lot of our 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 sadness, our hopelessness. Obviously, lack of hope triggers hopelessness, depression. And again, I'm not talking about uh, something that is clinical in terms of depression. I'm talking about that, which is just in our own emotions and life. I understand there, ca- there can be some chemical issue or, or something like that or some disease of some kind causing depression. So I, I'm not saying that that you don't address those aspects. But I am saying that God can supernaturally take that away, too. I am saying God can do what no medicine can do and God can do what no surgeon can do and God can do what, what no program can do because he is God. And if we are walking in divine peace, and that has been something very deep in my life for many, many years, not, not constantly, but the great, great bulk of my life, especially as I'm in good communion with God is marked by a deep sense of peace. And then that love, it drives out the bitterness the anger and those wrong, defiling, destructive attitudes, that, that, that love. And that's something that oh, was so real to me, the love of God, the love of God, the goodness of God is so real to me. And, and because of that, it, it changes my whole perspective. And I know as you're listening to me, it's contagious. I know as you're listening, you're, you're catching some of that. You're getting some of that. And, and then joy, inexpressible and glorious joy. Read through Philippians over and over. Lord, you say to rejoice, but I don't feel anything. I'm down, I'm bothered, I'm burdened. I'm, re- I'm going to rejoice. How do you do that? I'm going to start praising God. I'm going to start thanking God, regardless of how I feel. I'm going to do what I have power to do. Lord, you're good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I thank you for being patient with me. You begin to thank him for different things. At a certain point, it will click in with the emotions. At a certain point... The mind and the heart will unite. Again, you you meditate on some of these glorious passages like Psalm 103. You speak them out loud until that spiritual reality dominates your own life, dominates your own heart, your mind, your soul. You you take these things in on a regular basis and then you worship. What are your favorite worship songs? And, And find some upbeat praise songs that you really like because they have a special joy release, just like the the deep worship songs release you into a deeper intimacy and and, and adoration of God. The the praise songs, the upbeat praise songs, they, they release you into a joy, and with that joy, yes, faith rises. Oh, come on, it happens. You know, in my own life, the joy of the Lord has had a profound role. Many of you know my testimony, but just to remind you, I first went to a church service, any church, because I was raised in a Jewish home. I first went to a church service in August of 1971. And the goal was to show my two best friends who played in a band with me, uh, the bass player, the guitar player who, who were come on their way to coming to faith, and then me, the drummer. I, I wanted to show them that this, this church stuff was stupid, and uh, faith is stupid, and just, you know, come on, we got a band, let's get back to partying and all of this. We're going to be rock stars, et cetera. So, so I go there the first time and the people were so nice and kind and gracious to me. You know, this guy, long haired, raunchy looking, you know, and bad attitude. They were nice. just like, all right, fine. They have their religion. I have my religion, whatever, you know. Then November 12th, I went back. God, God was convicting me of sin. I didn't realize it was conviction yet, but he was dealing with me about some things in my life. So November 12th, I went back to a service at the end of the service, I don't remember what the pastor spoke on. I don't remember being impacted by what he spoke on. At the end of the service, the pastor said, if there's anyone here who wants to receive the Lord, you know, uh, raise your hand. You know, every head bowed, raise your hand. So my friend nudges me, my, my best friend, the bass player, and he says, no, you, know, you should do this. And I'm thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. Because all these people, now I know they're all praying for me. I'm like the really bad sinner they're, they're, um, uh, they're really going to get a kick out of this. You know, this guy came and received Jesus. It was just a joke to me, you know? So I, I walk forward, you know, I, I, if you raise your hand, come forward. So I was, I think there was a, a younger girl also that came forward, if I remember. And um, repeat this after me, pastor says. So as I'm saying the words, I remember my friends have been praying for me and talking to me for months back and forth, talking, 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 talking. And, and the gospel has been getting in more than I realized. So he has me confess in my sin, okay, that's real enough. I, no, no, no one's arguing that that I'm a pretty bad guy. Um, and uh, you know I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. And I thought, you know, I, I believe this. I actually do believe it. And then, you know, I, I promised to live for you the rest of my life. I thought, nope, I'm not there yet. And the pastor said, did you mean that? And I looked at him and said, yes, I lied. Right, Great, great thing to do right at church. I lied. Uh, and he said, well, you know, I, I believe you, you know, and, and then he said, hey, everybody, let's come up and pray for these people. And so I just said, OK, so I'm standing there with these people, you know, behind me, around me, whatever. I'm kind of oblivious to them. I said, God, I, you know, when I go home, I'm getting high. You know that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to smoke PCP angel dust. And I would do these massive quantities. I was known as drug bear and Iron Man because they're massive quantities of drugs I used. I said, you know, I'm going to smoke this and then shoot, shoot cocaine. Uh, it, it was the new drug that had just come in town. I bought a lot because I would deal it as well. Had this guitar case where you know, my friend would keep his guitar We're practicing with our band at, at my house with the drums and, and, and our equipment. And it was a lot of cocaine in there. We just hide it in, you know, unlikely place someone would look. And anyway, I said, God, you know, when I get home, I'm doing this. If you don't want me to, don't let it have any effect. So like I'm brand new, the dumb prayer to pray, but I'm brand new. So, you know, went home, did the stuff, no effect. It's like, okay, something's going on here. So I wrestled for five weeks, back and forth, back and forth. One day going to church, next day shooting heroin, one day going to church, next day getting high all day, different ways, back and forth, back and forth and coming under increasing conviction for my life. Swore off alcohol. Okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. That's that's wrong. I shouldn't do that. So now I go back. I can't wait to get to the service. December seventeenth, 71. So this is five weeks later. And remember, it's, I don't know, 40, 50 people there. Little Italian Pentecostal church. Pastor's wife playing piano. Sometimes her brother-in-law would be playing guitar. He used to be a jazz guitarist. He'd be there, like, you know, quietly playing in the background. But it was just, she's playing the piano. Kind of upbeat way, but she's playing the old hymns. And we would start, we, we would start, we'd stand and sing the first hymn, sit down, sing two more. And that was normally the, the, the singing time. Then offering testimonies. I mean, we me go back to worship for a little while. Otherwise the message, then we go to the altar and pray. As we're singing these hymns, I begin to experience a joy. I've never experienced an inexpressible and glorious joy. And I said to myself, this must be what they talk about, what they call the joy of the Lord. This must be it. This must be it. And suddenly I I surveyed everything in my life from the past, you know, a, a drug high, a music high, a friendship high, a sports high. And I thought, this is of a different quality. This must be what they call the joy of the Lord. And suddenly I had this mental picture. I was filthy from head to toe. The blood of Jesus washed me clean. Jesus put these beautiful white robes on me. And now I was going back and playing in the mud. And right then, so it was the joy of the Lord that revealed the love of God to me. Right then I said, Lord, I will never put a needle in my arm again. December 17th, 71, free from that moment on. No withdrawal, no nothing. Free from that moment on. Two days after that, I said, God, I'll never get high again in any other way. And that's the end of the story by the grace and power of God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It banishes us the hopelessness and depression and the fears because he's good. He's with me. It goes back to that foundation where we started. So look at these things, consider them, chew on them to find a greater place of emotional health. I walk in this. This is my life. Ask my family, ask those close to me. It is by God's grace. And then one last thing, because I have so been enjoying these health supplements that have supplemented now my healthy lifestyle and healthy eating. Check out the special offer. In fact, again, it's best to call in because you get the the the, the, uh, the call center, they can, they can answer your questions. They can tell you about the benefits, about myo health, about the amino acids, even give you a free book that'll tell you more about it, the millions of dollars of studies verifying this. The key protein, if you eat uh, mainly vegan like I do, it's a great supplement. Everybody getting older, you want to develop muscle and better balance and things like that. And anybody working out, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, which is why I'm glad to tell you about it. Call 800 811-9628, ask about MyoHealth, 800-811-9628. If you take my recommendation, MyoHealth and nitric oxide together, and, and I think you'll really see some dramatic benefits. Hey, money-back guarantee as well, 800 9628 Or if you just want to use the special discount and order online, go to tribeta.com and use the code BROWN40. We've only got two more days to talk to you about. Let's get healthy. Let's act on it. Let's do it. And let's thrive in the beauty and goodness of the Lord.